0: Rick Madison, Rick and Friends, and thank you for listening. We have uh, a wonderful guest today. Um, and I've known Mel for, I think, just over a year, maybe. I don't know. It feels like I've known her forever. Uh, she has a, plays a large role in my daughter's life, and we love her for that. But it's uh, Mel Jenkins from Royal Kiki Equestrian. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for inviting me.
0: So uh, part of the reason is I want to dive into th- the passion you have around equestrian. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much I don't know and so much I want to find out. So okay. let's talk a bit about that moment when you knew this was going to be your career this is going to be your path like when when did that start happening
1: okay so i was i've been riding since forever i've been riding since i was pretty much four years old my mum used to just throw me on the back of her horse and off we'd go together Um, had my first pony when I was maybe five. He was horrid, he would just book me off at any given opportunity. So I kind of like lived through that. Um, And then when I got to 16, um, in the UK, you go to see your career officer. And I actually wanted to join the army or the RAF, actually. Um, But I had measles and mumps when I was five years old, and it took my hearing in my left ear. So I'm totally deaf in my left ear. And so that ruled that out. So my only other passion then was horses, equestrian. So at 16, I got my GCSEs, as we call it in the UK, my year 12 qualifications. And I went straight into equestrian college, um, where I just seemed to be able to speak the language, Um, and so I spent five years in Equestrian College in the UK where I went through the British Horse Society stages of examinations, um, and I came out as a BHSI, so that's a British Horse Society instructor, by the time I was 21.
0: So mm-hmm.
1: I kind of like just dibbled and dabbled in things. I did a bit of um, low-level competing myself, nothing too big, though, nothing too elaborate. I would uh, stand in for a couple of the instructors for the local pony club. Um, I used to help out at a couple of the local friends' stables. Um, if they had a bigger event on, I would maybe judge that or, or just help in any way. And so, yeah, it just kind of like became a passion. It was just something that I could always do. Um, and therefore, that's how I went ahead and decided that's what I'm going to do.
0: So, and, and when did you, so that was in England. Yes. And when did you come over to, when When did you move to Canada?
1: Okay, so I've been in Canada for just over four years now. We moved in February 2018. Um, We couldn't purchase a property straight away because, of course, I didn't have my residency. So as soon as we got my residency, we bought our 10 acres that we've got up in the southeast. And after pretty much six months of living in Canada, I helped out again at a local barn. Um, And I stayed there for pretty much two years being an instructor. Um, and I just, I knew I loved it. I've always loved it. And seeing the children thrive and grow better uh, with their horsemanship skills and their riding ability, it uh, it feeds my soul. And that's pretty much it. So when COVID hit, um, obviously everything went on lockdown like it did with everybody. And then when we came out of COVID, I just thought to myself, I need to open my own riding school here. So yeah, again, that's what we did.
0: So it's interesting of there's a human part of this that is just so extraordinary for me, which is you, you're building better humans. And <laughs> I, I think, think so. well, it, part of it is the the empathy of caring for something else and, and really uh, pouring your heart into it. And I see these girls really diving into looking after the horse mm. and, and I mean, cleaning out a barn and the humility <laughs> and like, it, it's, it's truly Building, I think, a better human who's going to be a productive member of society. Mm. Really. Mm. Is that is that part and parcel with this?
1: Well, it's teaching life skills as well. It's teaching independence and it's building self-confidence as well and believing in yourself as a young lady Um, that just what you're capable of, of being able to manage such a big animal that can do potential damage. We all know that. Horse riding is a dangerous sport. And so operating around these animals and just being able to cope with a situation and calming a situation, I feel that that is a real good benefit of taking you into young adulthood, knowing that in a situation, it's only ever as bad as you make it. So if you panic, the situation around you arises into a panic if you stay cool calm and collected the problem seems to get solved by itself rather quickly yeah
0: it does seem to be perspective because i've seen it where the horses are you know they they just don't like the color blue that day <laughs> and they they act as such mm. and so it's some things out of their control and and they seem to just ride around and go yeah today was one of those days where it was just different and And that's what I find interesting Mm. is being able to kind of compartmentalize and go, it wasn't my day with my horse, but that's okay. There's tomorrow and the next day.
1: Completely. I mean, you know, it's like with any sport, Uh, you know, you can have good days and bad days on the tennis court or on your snowboard. Um, Anybody can have amazing days or days where they just need to practice their technique. Um, And the same goes with, with horse riding, obviously. The only difference here is that your tennis racket or your snowboard is a living animal that has thoughts and wants of its own Um, so like you say you know the colour blue can be one day and the leaf on the floor can be the following day the squirrel in the tree so these are all things that we um, learn to adapt and and kind of like get to know the character and the personality of each individual horse because they have their own Selves like we all do, and so you know you get to know that one particular horse and things that you do do with it and things that you don't do, um, and yeah, we just learn to to grow and adapt and work as a team together with an animal.
0: So part of this that uh, was explained to me um, by my daughter actually was she said, you know that it's it's the ride, it's it's the culture, it's the community, but it's also a bit of power, Dad. Like she's controlling an animal that is thousands, like it's a big animal Mm -hmm. and it's got this power and these muscles and someone who's, who's used to looking up at the rest of the world now looks down. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an interesting perspective is, is now all of a sudden I have this power and I think it's very empowering for these young ladies
1: Absolutely. Um, I mean, anybody that can get on, like you say, you know, an incredibly powerful animal. Um, There's a reason why cars are are powered by horsepower. Um, They have ultimate power. But when you as a young rider, like your daughter is, and like many of my students are, uh, it's where we all begin. But when you are on this very powerful animal and you realize it's not just your hands and it's not just your legs, it's using your entire body in a certain way that communicates with that animal to actually make it and, and drive it to do what is your will. At the end of the day, these are horses that want to be out being a horse, you know, being in the arena, doing beautiful dressage movements or jumping fences or galloping over open fields. All of that is wonderful things, but it's not down to the horse to do that. Us humans have domesticated them to do that for us Um, and being able to to use our tiny little human bodies to to make the horse do what we want it to do in such a way with passion and kindness and uh, assertiveness it's it's wonderful to see
0: and it it's the slight nuances too isn't it because a horse can sense if there's somebody tentative and and they just they're unsure. So the horse goes, okay, well, you don't know what's going on. So now I'm skittish because (laughs) now nobody knows who's going. going."
1: (laughs) And that can go both ways. So you can have a horse that will read a rider. And if the rider's sitting there tense, then it can make the horse tense. Obviously, you know, horses can feel a mosquito land on their skin and they can quiver a certain muscle to get rid of that mosquito. So if you tense in your saddle and you squeeze with your legs, that horse can react to that. Um, there's also then the the, the the findings of if a rider is novice and she's not he or she is not using their bodies, Uh, uh, properly to be able to control that animal then they may also then want to take power and authority over the rider and do as what they wish which is normally take them to grass and eat or come into the center of the arena or to me because they know i'm mrs treats um so yeah it goes both ways that as well you know they can take authority over the rider or they can react and go frightened uh, uh with the rider as well so yeah
0: So let's talk about the week that was very hot. You have to pretty much, it takes a village to have a barn. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it seems like you, you need to rely on everyone to kind of pitch in and make sure the horses, because again, it's not like you can take a week off. Somebody has to always continually look after the horses. Do you find that in the horse community where just people rally together and, and look after various aspects of maintenance?
1: This is all about passion. It's passion about the sport. It's passion about the animal. When you've got those combinations, you've got a force to be reckoned with. Um, So the week of the heat, we didn't ride. Um, Even though it was cool in the mornings, it would have exerted the animal throughout the day. And we don't want to take that out of the animal. So we rest our horses during that extreme heat. Um, And yes, I did have oceans of help Um, I couldn't have wished for anything better people were coming in in droves uh, taking turns to hosing the horses off making sure they had their electrolytes we were putting ice cubes in their water because the water has to be kept cold and fresh and uh, to see the the girls rallying Together like that and working as a team, which is exactly what we are. Um, I thought that was just wonderful, and uh, yeah, it made me. It was a very proud moment to see that that's exactly what they're all capable of.
0: It, it's surprising to me is is that that work ethic. Like, I mean, if if somebody comes in and they don't have that same work ethic, I guess they get weeded out pretty quickly.
1: <laughs> yes, that's that's a kind way of putting it there, Rick, absolutely. Um but again, you know, it's it's one of those things where you've just got to get on it. You've just got to do. So, you know, no one can be on that barn on a, such a hot day and not get noticed if they're not doing anything. They'll soon be given a job to do. Um so, you know, yeah, they 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 don't sit idle for long, that's for sure. <laughs>
0: So let's talk a bit about Kiki. So Kiki mm-hmm. became the name, uh, the namesake of of your barn. Yes. And and why is that? Why is that particular horse mean so much to you?
1: So we've had Kiki for, oh my goodness, 13 years now. She was my daughter Molly's ninth birthday present. And, um, you know, she was just a normal pony. You know, she was just one of those ponies. And over the next few years, um, she pretty much took Molly from being a a a novice little girl into jumping for not only our our local area, our county, which would be like being selected for the whole Okanagan to to represent that as a as a team. Um, she also went on to do the UK um, nationals on her uh, the championships at eventing, dressage, and show jumping. And, um, you know, when Kiki was younger, so a little bit before we had her, she was a champion at Olympia, which is quite a prestigious show in the UK. And she was actually awarded by Princess Anne. So that's where I got the royal Kiki from, because she has been awarded by royalty. So, yeah, so she's she's our little queen.
0: And, and it seems like you have a, a special relationship, I would say, like it... I've seen the way you you act around different kinds of horses. Each one has its own personality Mm -hmm. for sure. But there just seems to be, you know, uh, anyone who hasn't spent any time around a barn, it would be tough to explain to them exactly how much goes on the connectivity between a person and Mm. a horse. Like, I mean, I've seen it and I'm still not that educated in in the ways of the horse, but it seems like there's Mm. just so much going on between the animals and and the humans.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, any animal has its personality. And I'm sure people who maybe have had dogs or cats and they say, oh, my goodness, they're practically human. You know, they understand every word I'm saying. And just one look from that animal, cat, dog, horse, you can understand exactly what's going on in their brains as well. And, you know, Kiki is one of those um, ponies that she definitely is kind of like a lassie or a champion, the wonder horse kind of animal. Um, She knows, she tells you exactly what she wants uh, when she wants it. (laughs) And she gets her own way every single time. (laughs) And we wouldn't have it any other way.
0: (laughs) So I'm at a horse show and I see one of the girls fall off the horse. She was fine. And I saw that same girl hop back on that same horse. and, And for me, again i've never ridden horses so i was you know taken aback but she was i could see this this young person go not today <laughs> and just <laughs> and just drive in and and really mm. and perform wonderfully on the next round and it was just amazing to see and it it seems like that seem uh, that that you know really put some dirt in it and get back out there is is also part of their their lesson. Like it's almost part of, like you have to get, you have to keep going.
1: So obviously the saying is you've got to get back in the saddle. Everybody falls off horses. It just goes with the territory. The same as if you're a snowboarder or a a scooter, you're going to fall off. You're going to hurt yourself. You know, those are the chances that we take when we decide to get ourselves out of the couch and do something. So the same, we've got to get back in the saddle. It's not necessarily bums in seats it's mentally as well so you know when when people fall off and they're okay thankfully and we we say you've got to get back on the horse it's to get the brain focused back on the job to know that it's okay to fall the best of the best fall off and it's okay and if you're okay you've got to get on you've got to get back in that seat and you've got to get that job done because if you don't it could stop you from carrying on with your passion. So you've got to get up there and get back on. Yeah.
0: I wanted to, we should probably back up a little bit into the kinds of riding because again, I came into this uh, not really knowing that there's a huge difference between styles of riding. And maybe just chat about what what kinds of styles exist in the Okanagan and, and what they mean because I think people maybe don't know.
1: Okay. So gosh, there's lots of different styles of riding. Um, The one that obviously I was taught was English riding. So your dressage, show jumping, eventing. Um, There are other different styles, of course, over here in Canada, you've got the wonderful Western riding, which is something that I've not been trained, but I have a great uh, respect for and and, and enjoyment watching. Um, I would love to go to the Calgary Stampede one year and just to see what goes on over there. I've never been, so I would love to do that. And then you have your your hunters as well over here, which is, is we do have hunters in the UK, but the hunters over here are a different kind, a different style. Um, it's huge over here and I very much respect it, but again, it's something that I'm not trained in myself um so I don't teach that at Royal Kiki I mostly just do the dressage and the show jumping um but you know it's 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 done in a safe environment and the the girls are taught in such a safe way and and it's all about the passion of of the ride as well which is exactly what all of these disciplines have um and it's lovely to see the the diversity of it all yeah
0: so what I've always appreciated is from the moment we met you, you were very direct and transparent. <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> and, and I think, but my my daughter especially respects that because, um, you know, you don't want to be sold a, a false bill of goods. You have to show up. You have to do this. You have, and and, and there was very much, there was no sugar sugarcoating. No. And I've heard that in the ring of, and, and sometimes, and it, it might take some people aback, but you speak very directly to, to the kids and just say like, you know, you got to get on and outside leg or, you know, like, (laughs) I don't even know. I still don't know what that means, but, (laughs) but it's just interesting to me that, you know, you, you treat them as young adults Mm -hmm. and I don't think you treat them as kids. You treat them as young adults. And I've always appreciated that because the world doesn't treat them as kids as they get older and I love the fact that they are basically, you know, you are. There's a, a mutual respect, one could say.
1: Oh, I, I hope so. I, I love and adore all of my students, and um, and we have a wonderful relationship, is the truth. Um, but yes, you're right. I. I have been known a bit, like we said at the beginning of this interview, I can be known as a bit of a Gordon Ramsay in the um, equestrian world, so, (laughs) but, you know, I I like to get a job done, and at the end of the day, they're there to be taught uh, not only their passion, but a life skill on top of an animal so um, you know when I when I when I give them a job to do and they go off and they maybe don't apply their aids as maybe they should then I do bring them back to halt and I explain why it's not done correctly and what happens when it's not done correctly and what happens when it is done correctly and once they fathom that out and find that connection um, it's the feel and it's a really difficult thing to teach is feel so I can sit there and I can explain what the outside leg does in the in side hand and turn from the shoulders and so forth. But until that young equestrian can feel that for themselves, they're not going to move forward. And I want all of my students to move forward with their passion, with their goals in whichever way they want to go. So, yeah.
0: Yes. Well, it's it's great to see because I, I think... I don't think any other voice cuts through uh, so many acres as as you and your daughters do.
1: (laughs) I think that's quite fair, actually.
0: So let's talk about your daughter. She's uh, Mm well-decorated in in show jumping. Yes. And uh, and what was interesting was, I didn't see this, but she was, uh, I think, thrown, um, got back on the horse, and then just killed the next round Mm -hmm. and that's uh again I don't like to keep talking about being thrown from a horse but um it is part of it Mm. and uh and the fact that she uh she just seems to be cut from the same cloth which is just this tenacity
1: yeah so what happened was she got the wrong stride it happens to us all um and we went over the fence and she took a tumble um, obviously we got, um, eliminated when you fall off in the arena, um, professionally, you get eliminated, which again, no problem, carry on. Um, but her next horse was being warmed up in the, uh, outside arena. Um, and so she then got back on the other horse, um, and won the class. Um, what we didn't say during that time is that she actually separated a muscle off her rib cage during that fall. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's still suffering a little bit of it today. She's got to do a uh, physiotherapy on that area. So yeah, she she did injure herself, but. Uh again the adrenaline kicks in the 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 want to do better the want to i've got to ride that better i've got to get that better i've got to find that stride i can i can do this my animal is more than capable and unfortunately you know when we come into a fence on the wrong stride it's 90% human error it's never really the horse's fault it's unfortunately the rider's error and she understands this over the years of training and everything that she's been through so she no one knows it better than better than molly mm.
0: <laughs> so just talk a bit about um you working with your daughter and and very closely i mean mm. i would imagine uh haven't seen it but i would imagine you have some very spirited discussions because i know a bit about each of you and <laughs> you're not retiring wallflowers <laughs> so i imagine they're pretty good um you know spirited discussions as they would say
1: well obviously with any teenager uh, during the times there were moments where um we could spit fire at each other um and then when molly reached maybe 17 18 she came back as this gorgeous grown up um and we actually get on unbelievably well we we never argue we we've done all that we've been there done that got that t-shirt and obviously you know when molly was training in her younger days and I didn't know anything. I'm her mom. Who, what would I know? Um, and then I would send her to a good friend of mine and he would train her and he would tell her exactly what I've just told her. And But of course he said it in a better, more direct way than I did. Um, but, you know, we laugh about it now and it's, it's a relationship that works. It really does work. And I hope it carries on working the way it does. We're, yeah, we're very blessed that we get on very well. And We see the right and wrong in each other all over the time, yeah.
0: Are you able to collaborate and 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 share? Like, would would Molly ever correct you or vice versa? Like, would, would does that still go on? So or?
1: we were riding together this morning, and I was riding our big eighteen-hand warm blood Lincoln, and she was riding her um, seventeen-hand warm blood Harry Brennan, as his show name is. And as I'm passing her left hand to left hand, because of course that's arena etiquette, uh, she tells me, "Mother, get your elbows in." <laughs> <laughs> and she was right what can I say my outside elbow was like a funky chicken so you know and I saw like, oh yeah thanks mom and and yeah so after all this time you know we we yeah we do we do we we look at for perfection in each other all the time yeah and unfortunately perfection doesn't quite exist I'm afraid.
0: Do you ever have a student come through that you can tell they're just they're not open to feedback they're just not open to training they for whatever reason and and you know i've i've coached hockey i've coached different sports um but it seems like there's just different people that you can tell i think we're gonna have a problem does does that ever remedy itself or do they just kind of migrate away
1: what you what you do with with individual students is is that you assess each and every one's differently um and any student that is maybe Unable to take any kind of criticism or, 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 or certain ways of training, then you just do it in a in a different way. You approach that line of training in a different way. So instead of giving just a list of instructions to that person, you would give that list with sort of like a manual as to why. Um, and so you explain why it matters, um, so that it there's, there's no questioning. Of the of the the reason why, so you explaining why that inside leg is vital to make this exercise go well. And once you've explained it to them, there is no comeback. There is no argument, if you like, because once you've explained it, there's there's no comeback.
0: I was in uh, Las Vegas Speedway, where you get to to race all sorts of exotic cars, like Ferraris and Porsches, and and I. I consider myself quite the driver. And so uh, they do a quick training and then we head out in the track and and, uh, I think it was about the second lap, the instructor who sits next to you said, "Um, pull over. So I pulled over and he says, you don't listen. And I, (laughs) I said...
1: Well, Rude. well, you say that, but, <laughs> and he
0: goes, do you want to have faster times on this track mm-hmm. or not? If you don't, and this is just a joy ride, mm-hmm. then that's fine. But he says, I want you to get, and it's interesting. So that resonates with me, what you yeah. just said, which yeah. is explaining my end goal is to get better track time. Yeah. So of course I said, you're right. Okay. And whatever he said into my ear, I did yeah. and better track times. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Exactly that it's 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 again with any sport you know if you want to be a better swimmer you've got to learn on how to put your hand in that water in front of you and it isn't palms down it's thumb first and then you pull and drag the water down away from you so learning those tiny little changes in your technique really make a huge difference to how that outcome's going to be yeah couldn't agree more.
0: I was trying not to bring this up, but it's so much fun. I have to bring it up. Do it. Um, when you go to Thunderbird, you have a mantra, you have a saying and-
1: Oh my God, I can't believe you're bringing this (laughs) up.
0: (laughs) <laughs> and, uh I love it because I'm uber competitive in whatever oh. I whatever I undertake I really really do want to win and yeah. and and yeah. not at the expense of, of someone else in other words no. if I lose and you beat me Absolutely. I will shake your hand Fair. and say good game mm-hmm. it'll be through gritted teeth yes but I will force a smile on my face yeah because anyone I've known who who loves losing mm. is yeah so anyway uh, I find it lovely and and so intoxicatingly perfect that you love winning.
1: We love winning. And, and- we don't win all the time. But when we do, we deserve to win. We <laughs> deserve to win. And, you know, when my girls go clear, no one's going to beat them. Mm-hmm. No one's going to beat them. But with show jumping, you know, if you knock a pole, if you take that turn too tight, if you dare it, if you slice that fence too close and you knock that pole, you know it's game over and you've got to take that on the chin and that's okay. But when you get that line right and when you get that stride right and when you get that clear round and you're winning by five seconds and no one can touch it, we just love that, yeah.
0: Do you ever have a celebration?
1: We may have the odd something going on. Yes, it has been known, has been known. You know, lychee martinis—not bad. <laughs>
0: so I will kind of impart what I've heard, and, and I've never heard it from you, of course. Well, maybe the obviously odd um, that you love just making other people cry. We
1: do. Yeah, yeah we okay. do. We do. We go to annihilate. Yeah, we do. We do. I'm not going to lie.
0: So what what is the next what is the next five years look? 10 years like is are you looking to grow the barn are you looking because as a business it's not easy there's easier ways to make money Mm -hmm. um it it has to be a passion which we know it is but Mm. but how do you do you think about growth do you think about diversifying do like is there anything that you think is uh i guess uncharted waters for a business like your yours
1: So the horse world is a very difficult one, and any barn anywhere, never mind the Okanagan, but any barn anywhere, you know, horses are very expensive, and horses are a luxury, Um, and I I so appreciate that, and I'm very lucky that I am able to have a business of my absolute passion. Um, It'd be like you, owning a race course and just teaching Mm -hmm. people on how to race those cars so you know having having that I'm very blessed and I count my blessings every day um I don't want to grow my riding school to be big um we are very boutique um and I'm not actively looking for more horses and more students I'm very happy we're a very full barn we're we're at our we're at the rafters, we can't take any more. The only thing that I've noticed in the market is a gap where show jumping ponies aren't quite here yet. Um, your big warm bloods, they're everywhere and they're wonderful and they're fabulous. But the the little sharp ponies that, uh, that, that win, they're not quite over here. So, um, yeah, I've actually started to import from Ireland mostly. Uh, It's been very successful. Um, I'm only importing maybe three or four a year. So very, very just elite ponies. I'm very picky with what I bring over. Um, And, you know, these little Connemaras uh, from Ireland or Irish sport ponies uh, that can jump like... Deers over a garden fence. They're just unbelievable athletes. Um, and I've noticed that they're not here yet. So I'm starting to introduce those to the Okanagan and Canada. It,
0: it must be uh, obviously pricey to bring a live animal <laughs> across the pond.
1: It it is it is. So when I came over, um, I didn't bring my own horses over until I had my residency. So they remained on my property back in the UK. Uh, once I got my residency and I was able to stay in this beautiful country, I then put my three horses on a, a big container, and they came over on an aeroplane. They land in Calgary. Um, and then they have to quarantine obviously either side it depends on the sex of the horse whether how long the quarantine is Um, and then I go over to Calgary and I pick them up and and bring them back to Kelowna. It is uh, a lengthy process um, and there can be delays and there can be setbacks and aeroplanes that are grounded and so forth but yeah, I've got a good, a good team of people that I know now in Holland and the UK. And of course, I've got a, an amazing network in Wales, especially, and Ireland. So yeah, it's, it's a good team and it works well. And I'm expecting my new one in 20 days.
0: And what's the name of the horse?
1: She's called Night Candy. Ooh. And she's a 14-1 Irish sport pony competing at a meter 20.
0: So part of the reason why I want to have a chat with you today is I'm learning a lot, mm-hmm. but also there's a significance to the horse world that uh, I wanted to impart because I don't think I've ever told you this story. So um, one of those months when your bill came in, um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah, uh, and, and a friend of mine who works in the horse field said, listen, I, I'm going to tell you a story. It's, it's a true story. Um, it's, it's a mother, single mom with, with two daughters, one daughter, um, he said fell right into horses, loved, uh, loved horse riding and, and was even just able to be around the horses, didn't ride them a lot, but was able to be around the community. The other one fell into a, you know, a bad world where, you know, taking drugs and, and rehab and, and it was just, a and, and literally a couple of years apart, and he says i'm not saying the horses saved the one but he said i truly believe that if it wasn't for the horses and and for something to care for that he thinks that other one would have gone the way too and he said so when you think about expensive um, he said what's what's expensive if if you have some something that's a passion and a purpose for for your daughter that keeps her on the right path? He said, maybe, maybe it's actually not that expensive.
1: Yeah, there's, you know, these, these mostly young ladies, I have to say, I'd love to see some young gentlemen joining um, the show jumping world here. There's not very many young gentlemen um, in the sport. So I can only speak about the young ladies that I've got. And also, you know, speaking from, from being a mom with Molly as well, when you introduce a pony into a young lady or gentleman's life and they grow that love, passion, desire and want to be with that animal. As that child then grows into the teenager and so forth, you know where they are. They're not down the mall hanging out where you don't know what they're doing or you don't know who they're with. They're at the barn. They're cleaning tack. They're riding their ponies. They're up the mountain having picnics. They're down the store buying lollipops on their ponies. They're hanging out with people of similar ilk. And when you have that, you've got a real good group of friends. So yes, you've got your school friends, you've got your friends from work as you grow older, but you always have that passion friends. And you know, the girls on the barn All over the place, not just my barn, every barn will have this. But when you've got that group of kids that stick together, they grow together. And you as parents, you know where they are. They're at the barn having fun, uh, growing into wonderful, confident young adults. Yeah.
0: So we're at the end of our show.
1: I can't believe it. There we go. (laughs)
0: Um, Learned a lot today. And thank you so much for what you do every day. Thank I mean it's, so it's 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 indelible effect on on my daughter and I just cannot thank you enough. So thank you for coming on the show and sharing your wonderful wisdom and passion. Yeah. Thank
1: you very much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure.